Isaiah 61, 3 through 4. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will be renewed. They, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. May the Lord's, Lord God's word shape us and form us. And so we are in our series, Hashtag Be Renewed. I'm sure you've never had a sermon series with a hashtag in it. Before, but it serves a double purpose of helping us in our social media. So every time someone looks up the hashtag Be Renewed, our sermon series comes up. Um, just kidding. They said that. But uh, so we're in our, our series uh, Be Renewed, and it's kind of a series, a vision series, or uh, ethos series, values. And uh, you know, if you were to ask me, what's your church's vision? What's your church's, people ask all the time, what are your visions, your values, your mission? And I could point them to our websites, and there would be like bullet points. But really, does that encompass who we are? You'd have to come and see, to see what we're about. And also, we can say all we want about what our vision and values are, but does it actually mean we live them out? Right? Does it actually mean that's what we do as a church? My feeling is that church is made up of the people, and the family, and what our values, our DNA, and our traits are. And so, um, but as a new plant in Linwood, we've been here for what, a year and a half, a year and three months? Uh, and before that, we're in North Seattle. People, new people come and say, what is Renew about? And some of us who have been with Renew for a long time would be like, of course, don't you get it? We've been living this our whole, not our whole lives, but we've been living this. And, and newer people are like, no, I wasn't there, right? And so every once in a while, you got to just, you know, communicate and articulate. And that's kind of the, the purpose of this, especially as we come up on our relational covenant time period, our seminar on kinship. Um, what, what are we about? What are our family traits? What are our values? And so, um, this particular passage, if you were to go out those doors, uh, and before you enter these doors, which aren't doors, they're actually door openings, um, you see a poster or a, a kind of a sign with a tree, an oak tree, and it has a scripture verse on it. And this, that's the scripture verse, because Isaiah 61, 3b through 4 is actually our, what we call Zara verse. Zara is Hebrew for seed. So it's our seed verse. Um, so when we're planting this church, when we're meeting in my living room, this is the verse um, in prayer and kind of forming in my own heart, this is what we want to be about. We want to be about God's work of renewal in the world. That's our zero verse or our founding verse. Uh, but this, this, these two verses come in a larger chapter Isaiah 61, and Isaiah 61, 1, uh, 1 through 2 is actually quoted by Jesus, and do you guys know where? 
Luke chapter 4, Jesus is coming off of his 40-day temptation in the wilderness. And immediately, he goes into the temple, and he opens up a scroll and begins reading. And what he reads is this, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord, starting at chapter, uh, verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. This is Jesus' first introduction into public ministry in the, in the Gospel of Luke. He reads and quotes Isaiah 61, and it's all about this anointed prophet, the anointed prophet that's uh, anointed to proclaim good news, the gospel, to who? To the rich? To the privileged? To those in power who have status? Who have hordes and hordes of money? No. The prophet is anointed to proclaim gospel to the poor, the brokenhearted, freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. And in a world, in a culture where we look upon other people and judge them because they are like thugs, they're criminals, they're prisoners, right? they're here to uh, suck off the government because they're poor. It's kind of helpful to know that what inaugurates Jesus' ministry, his own ministry, that he chose this verse, right? To say, I mean, it's the first thing. It's clearly, this is what I'm about. This is why I'm here. This is why I've come. And after he rolls up the scroll, he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled among you. It's been fulfilled. And you know what happens? What happens is they want to swarm him and get rid of him and beat him and stone him. He does the Jedi mind trick and disappears. Right? <laughs> it just says Jesus like escapes them. And what's amazing about God, Jesus, coming to dwell among us is that the purpose of this, I mean the whole point is I want to reverse, be a God of reversals. I want to be about reversals, right? I want to see those without homes, right? I want to see the refugee, right, find homes. I want to see the incarcerated made free. These are the people that I want to be around. And he lived it out. He rolled with the, with the prisoners, the prostitutes, the unclean in our culture. And you, you hear in the news or you read in your blog posts or uh, read articles, people saying, you know, this isn't what the church is about. This is what Jesus is about. Jesus doesn't care about immigration or Jesus doesn't care about this, or politics, or this, or that. But when I read the Gospels, I'm like, what Bible are you reading? It says right here. It says right here. 
What then is the gospel for you? What is the gospel? For? What are you talking about? Right? Jesus positions himself. If you will, if you will, he takes a side. He takes sides with right, the poor and the marginalized. He's not relative. He chooses like this is who I'm about, and this is who I will dine with. This is who I will be with. This is who I've come to speak life abundantly, good news. This is these are the people I've come to restore and renew. When I was uh, before I met my wife Janice, there was a boy. <laughs> um, before I came to meet, uh, before I met Janice, I was living in Tacoma. I was a single young Korean American male, and I was a mess, just emotional mess, character disorder, messed up in all kinds of ways. Um, on staff with InterVarsity at the University of Puget Sound. And I lived literally in the attic of a house. Um, and this attic had no window. It was just like a refurbished attic. It had no windows. And like, I, I could only stand up in the like middle part of, of the roof, like right there. So this is how small it was. And I had a bed. There was actually a little kitchenette. And um, I just lived in this little room with one glass, one plate, one fork. Right, and doing campus ministry. Half the time, actually, I had, I was like suspended because my fundraising sucked, so I had to be off campus fundraising. So I was just in this attic space fundraising, and um, at the same time, some things in my life went down, um, including things not working you know, out in a relationship um, that I had had re rekindled uh, from college, um, and uh, ministry-wise, not a lot was happening. I was lonely, I was tired, I was angry, and uh, my supervisor at the time, he was in Seattle at the University of Washington, said, hey, nothing's going on here. You seem really, uh, really down. And he said, why don't you come to the University of Washington and you can reach out to Asian American students. And that was part of it. That, that was an exciting thing for me. Like, oh, Seattle, you know, Seattle is awesome. And I can go work at a big school, you know, to Washington and work with Asian American students with my heart and my passion. Um, so I moved in the middle of the winter and lived in their house in a basement, another like refurbished basement, right? And there were like pipes and stuff. So he took just some black canvas and stapled it like on the ceiling so there was ceiling and there was just drywall it was just drywall like untaped unmudded right but it, he's like it, it's semi-finished we're gonna finish it eventually but lit, you can sleep here down here you know do ministry and uh so this this wall was awesome because i'm like eventually it's gonna get muddied and taped and, and and painted over so what i'll do i'll, I'll take my sharpies and i'll just draw stuff Right? And so I drew, I don't know what inspired me, but I drew um, this gigantic oak tree like, with a sharpie. And I wrote uh, the Oaks of Righteousness first down. And basically kind of the feeling I had 
God was that he wanted to, me to set down deep roots in this place. That as a person who just felt disconnected or felt like I did not have a hope or a future, um, whose relationships had been broken, and who had moved around a lot, I'd moved around a lot growing up, um, God was wanting me to set roots down. And there's a lot of passages, you know, that really speak, spoke to me. Like um, Psalm 23, leads me beside still waters, and makes me lie down in green pastures. Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the person, right, uh, who meditates on God's law day and night. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. So that, that organic image of a tree and its roots going down deep and being planted by streams of water and just sucking in the abundance and the renewing power of God mm. was just, it was renewing for me. It was soul renewing. And God, uh, I think for the first time in my life, deeply said, it was speaking to me like, I want I am in love with you, and I want you to be in love with me. Right? And I just kept riding on this wall. It was like a beautiful mind. No. <laughs> like, there was like OCD lines connecting pictures of them. It was just like vision and verses and pictures, just like me, like looking forward and being like, this is not like product, like this is what I want to accomplish. It was just scripture and prophecy and verses and God speaking, whispering sweet nothings into me, saying, you know, you are mine and I am yours and you're my beloved. And I'm going to plant you here. And that image of the oak tree, the tree planting itself, always stuck, kind of stuck with me. Um, even as I left staff in the university, um, and then like five years later, Janice and I decided to start a small group in our home, and we called it Seed Ministry. Um, and this Seed Ministry was what was going to become Renew. Um, we changed, thank God we changed the name to Renew Church. <laughs> it's like Seed Church. So Renew and Seed. And we were a bunch of post-college kids uh, who I had met through my ministry at University of Washington. And they were just hanging around Seattle, not going to church, but still longing for that sense of community, the sense of like, Jesus is a part of my life, but church isn't doing it for me. And, and so we started the small group. And, and then, at, you know, long story short, um, met up with covenant people and talked about church planning, then came back to the small group and said, hey, do you guys want to become a church? pulled some tea, they're like, okay, that's not what we signed up for, but let's do it. And so we, we uh, decided to plant the church, but this verse, they will be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. The people that would have been listening 
to these prophet to this prophecy uh, would be in a period what that we call post-exilic, which is so the people of Israel were defeated by the Babylonians. They were put in exile. They had to all go to Babylon. But I think it was the Assyrians who defeated the Babylonians and brought them back. But when you hear the mourning that's happening in this, the implied mourning that's happening in these passages, it's not mourning because, you know, they were in exile and we're like, oh, we're away from home. But it's actually after having come back from exile and being wanting to rebuild the temple, rebuild the city, and mourning because they could not recapture the past glory, right, of the temple and of their kind of living out, living out their lives as people of God. And so there is this mourning, and, and the prophecy is saying, like, instead of mourning, you will have garments of praise. Instead of despair, this is what you'll have. Instead of your uh, grieving, instead of your ashes, I'll bestow upon you a crown of beauty. God is the God of reversals, amen? amen. And that's where, that's where the gospel is the gospel. If the God, we say the gospel is the good news, it's in those places where God comes in and restores communities, restores neighborhoods, restores our personal lives and the lives of people around us. Right? That's the good news where reversals happen. And I, if you imagine that there's actually a beautiful, deep, deep pond behind me of the clearest water. It's so clear that you can look down 30 feet, right, to the bottom of the pond, and there's like a crystal floor, right? Like a, like a cenote in Mexico. It's just like pure, fresh water. And actually, I'm just gonna fall backwards, and I'm gonna fall into that water, a splash. I'm actually, I, would, I was thinking about doing it, but I, I didn't want to get wet. This is the only change of clothes I have. But if you can imagine that when we come to worship God, when we come to praise as his people, when we come to church, right, we don't come necessarily, it's not about like the guitar strumming and the PowerPoint moving and like, hearing the, the songs that we want to hear, it's, there is an endless pool of living water. Every time we come together, there's an endless pool of living water. And we drink. And, we drink. <coughs> and like the woman in John chapter 5, after we drink, we're so refreshed. And actually our veins become blue, like clear blue with living water, like just traveling all through our body. And we go to our homes, and we go to our places of work, and we go to our friends, and we say, come, come, come to this place. Come and see this man, this person, this God, this prophet, who told me everything about me. 
and he gave me water that springs up to eternal life. Come to this place. Are you tired? Are you weak and you're weary? Come to the altar for the Father's arms are open wide. Wide open. I used to have a, a, a mentor, uh, a male, and he would, when he, whenever he hugged me or hugged other people, he just like opened his arms like this, right? And sometimes I'm not a big hugger, or like I'm kind of, it takes a little bit. Um, but this guy, he's so, he was so open. Like there was no like hesitation, it's like, I'm just gonna be like this. You can come or not, but I'm here. And he just wanted to like lay your head in his chest and this. He's big, so all of his arms just encompass you. And you're like, but there's no ego or pride. Like, oh, he's covering me. It's like, cover me. <laughs> right? Oh, the Father's arms are open wide. And that's church. Right? That's hashtag be renewed. That's what we're about. We're people that drink. When we come to God's presence, into his presence, into the temple, his presence is here. His glory is here. And we come and drink. And it's not a place where there's walls or barriers or boundaries. Right? Those walls have been shattered. And God is just like, come, everyone. Just come. 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 What if we were a people that truly experienced and embodied that? That every day of our lives, we just came whenever we were thirsty, to the fountain, to the altar, to the pool, to the pond, and just drank and drank and drank and drank and drank. Be renewed. Be renewed. Christ was sent to bind up the brokenhearted. Christ was sent to proclaim freedom for the captives. Christ was sent to release from darkness the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to comfort those who mourn, to bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. Right? Doesn't that make you just want to dance? Right? It makes you want to dance. And God's people should be about dancing, right? Instead of stopping people when they dance. Amen? Amen. This isn't footloose. Oh, this is footloose. Our feet need to be loose, spiritually set free, right? Instead of like, oh my gosh, they're dancing. They're dancing. They're dancing. And like shutting it down, shutting it down. That's too happy. That's too risque. That's too suggestive. Right? How is it suggestive unless there's something in your own heart that fears, desire, or that interprets that in a certain way? Right? Joy. 
May we be a people that dance and praise and jump up and down and reflect the renewal by which we've been renewed by the God who renews all things. Be renewed. Hashtag be renewed. So the renewed dream is for people in North Linwood, I don't know if that's there, uh, and beyond to experience the grace and mercy of God and to be transformed as images of God. We believe we are given to in order to give away. So we will endeavor to love and serve our neighbor in tangible ways. That renew some of the things that we really value and embody are that we're relational and authentic community where everyone belongs. Everyone belongs. That's risky too, right? I think that's kind of a dangerous statement. Like I can say, everyone, come as you are. Everyone belongs. Do I really want people to come as they are? <laughs> <laughs> Wear shoes, have clean socks. Passionate about justice and mercy with a heart for the marginalized refugee. Hopefully, as you're coming to Renew, you're like, oh, they, they care about the refugee and the immigrant. Like, they're a little different <laughs> than this other church down the street. And that makes you uncomfortable. No. Pinterest, you should check it out. <laughs> um, and then finally, we're a community that values diversity. We desire to be multi-ethnic, intergenerational, and we encourage the diversity of backgrounds within our leadership. Okay. All of these things take into account that we serve and we follow a Jesus Christ who is anointed, right? To bring good news to everyone. Right? It says, come to me. All you who are weary and thirsty, come to me right, and drink and eat. Cast your anxieties, cast your burdens on me. This is Jesus. Right? If that's who he is, then what does it look like applied? What would the world look like if really the Jesus we reflected and embodied was what he said it was about? So I have a video, <laughs> so I have a confession to make that sometimes I watch YouTube videos and just YouTube, just Google or look up on YouTube, uh, babies hearing their mothers for the first time. There's like compilations of it and like half of them will just make you like just cry. Uh, but what, what, what's going on is the babies grow up with uh, hearing defects, uh, but they're fitted with uh, hearing aids. And it's the first time that hearing aids are turned on and they hear the voice of their mothers. See, if you like want pain, if you want to cry, like I want a good cry, just YouTube compilations of this, right? So, so your heart will be softened, but if you just play it. <laughs> Hello! 
face the floor. Hi. <laughs> Are you emotional? Does that make you cry? Hi. Use your emotion. <laughs> Out of darkness and quiet and silence, a seed is planted and the promise this of our God. <laughs> oh, you <really> hope. <laughs> <laughs> the promise of our God is that um, you will one day be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. In the place where you feel embarrassed or ashamed or small, God is doing a new thing right, for his splendor and his glory. You will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. You will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Join me in, being, in joining God in his work of renewing all things. Let's pray.